What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're a boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together. Chelsea, you're looking so fancy. Thank you. We got dressed up in our finest because, well, you have a t-shirt on. I wanted to show off the shirt we got. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a Ready or Not shirt on. Yeah, for the movie. We're going to review Ready or Not, which Mm -hmm. just came out like a day ago. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out. It, It just came out. Go see it. It's so fun. We yeah. both really liked it. It's a it's a real tight, fun movie. It's a, around ninety minutes. It's just a solid screenplay, and the care. I think my favorite is the the character acting. Yes. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you've seen the trailer. If not, I wish I haven't. I know. If not, maybe don't. The thing is, is I I had avoided seeing the trailer until we went to Midsummer Scream. And that's where you got that shirt because we did the ready or not experience. By now the uh by now my Midsummer Scream video will have been released and I talk oh, about really? it. So yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the Midsummer Scream video, watch it cuz I talk about the experience it's that we did. It's basically a a room where you go in and they put these little belts on us. And they had these tabs, and they said, all right, you're going to go play hide-and-seek with the family, <laughs> and they're going to chase. So it really was being in a very dark room, running around from people with robes on who are trying to pull these little Velcro tabs off you while this crazy-ass song is playing. And I'm so happy that the song is from the movie. I yeah. had no idea what the fuck it was <laughs> when we were in there. I was winded by the time we were well, done you were with running thing. i chose to hide oh no i ran for you my life just ran tried to outrun them <laughs> yeah. in this small space i literally in the hid. thing where they told us please don't run <laughs> i hid like under a table they got me but i wasn't quite sure where we could hide it was a, we weren't gonna win no <laughs> it was it, not big enough to escape and but. that's yeah i mean that's kind of the point yeah it, it, you're not supposed to win the game of ready or not <laughs> We'll we'll jump right in. I well, let's guess. give let's promise as always with a new spoiler movies. Spoiler free. Spoiler free review. Like I mean, like we said, we really enjoyed it. Just it's Samara in. Weaving from The Babysitter and Mayhem, which is yes. on uh, the Shutter. She's original. very good in Mayhem. She's very good. She's. I mean, she's one good of in the best parts of The Babysitter. Yeah. And she's very good in this. Like she is a very good uh, actress. I was gonna say horror movie actress, but just actress in general, actor. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm glad that she's taken to the genre so much. Me too, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, a long career ahead of her since she's only what what we find out, twenty seven. Twenty seven, yeah. yeah. I mean that's not no, prodigy that's, young. No, that's no, a no, it's regular not. age. It's a very regular <laughs> age to be a successful actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just getting older. Yeah. Um no, she's great. She's so funny. Yeah, and uh, the premise, without spoiling anything, is she marries into a very rich family, and their tradition is to have a game on the wedding night that turns deadly. It's It's got your next vibes. People very, keep comparing it to your next. I think if you like your next and you like the commentary of your next you might kind of like this yeah they're both uh they both have to do with rich families they're both very dark humor yeah like this movie's hilarious this movie's very funny it's great uh yeah it's like a horror comedy pretty much yeah was it on a commentary track we were 
talking about how I'm picky about I I don't yeah about tend horror to like horror com- if something is pitched to me as this was made to be a horror comedy it's probably not my thing but it's so weird because this and your next and scream are these really funny horror movies that I hesitate to call and horror those are comedies. the ones that I like yeah those I are like the ones that ones I find where the they are horror movies first and they are also very funny midsummer even midsummer's funny you know? yeah. reanimator i think is so funny <laughs> yeah that that's more my my style of horror comedy versus something that's made to be a comedy like tucker and dale or even cabin in the woods kind of is cabin both of which i think are great yeah cabin is right there on the line it's just a taste thing for me it's not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. But this is like like we said, if you like your next, uh, it feels very reminiscent of that. Just go see or it. Clue. Yeah. It it just uh apparently it's not doing amazing at the box office, which is a shame. It's a very good movie. So Yeah, and it is an original concept. Although at this point are we're so we're in this era where Disney owns everything. Disney owns this. <laughs> I know they because did because it's it, it was a Fox yeah. searchlight thing, so it's mm-hmm. it, it is weird being like oh go see it it's an original but it's still in the end it's a disney movie now yeah but it'll still be good for the filmmakers yes uh it was made by directed by matt bedinelli open and tyler gillette they're collective right uh they're part of the film collective radio silence and they did uh vhs Mm -hmm. so they're responsible for vhs devils do right i'm not sure their other work uh, but it was written by Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy. Those dudes don't have Wikipedia links. Yeah, I don't so think they I don't know the screenwriters. Yeah. The writing is, is very good. Very good, yeah. And I the think directing this is a is very good, good, tight script. Yeah, yeah, it's well directed, well written. There's not much to complain about here, no, really. No, it's good. <laughs> it's... I, I think it's very fun. Um, I What I found interesting is that one of the producers here is James Vanderbilt. He is, in fact... A Vanderbilt. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what? I am dying to talk to him and just, I just like the idea that a Vanderbilt produced this. This movie about people growing up in a rich family. Yeah. That's and so realizing funny. it's not normal. Yeah. And That's hilarious. Yeah. I wonder how much creative input he had or influence. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But it's funny. I mean, he, that guy is a writer. He, he produced this, but he, he wrote the screenplay for Zodiac. Oh. Which is a perfect film, pretty a, much. A Vanderbilt wrote Zodiac? But he also wrote, I think he also wrote that weird vacation movie with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston that was on Netflix. Oh, God. That murder mystery one. Yeah. He's got a weird You know what? Resume. Hey, you know what? I the, the preview of that made me want to fucking vomit, but what? Gressel watched it and said it was oddly okay. Okay. I sure, think I'll he watched it and was like. It's fine. Yeah. It can't be worse than Jack and Jill. I think, yeah, but he has a very varied resume. It's actually kind of impressive. Uh, Yep. So anyway, this movie made in part by Vanderbilt. I'm very fascinated that's by so that. That's so funny. I love it. I think that that's about all I feel we can say spoiler free. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it scary? Eh, not really. No, I think there's some jumps. There's some jumps. But they're not, Uh, they're well done jumps i mean they got me good yeah there's at least one gore scene that is hard to watch 
Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the there's gore, at least the one. gore in this is. Yeah, they don't shy away no. from anything. It's kind of it's brutal. It's so yeah. If you're and into it's that, also it's brutal and it's played to be funny. So if that makes you uncomfortable, this sure. is not gonna be your. And that's another thing speed. where it's like kind of your next, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was very graphic. Right occasionally funny like when he's stabbing his brother and he's like why don't you die man yeah. <laughs> like i uh... <laughs> when when the combination of extreme gore and humor is done well it's one of my favorite things because i'm sick in the head <laughs> so but that that's what a lot of this is so just a heads up yeah and other than that yeah i i would just say again please go see it you yeah. know don't don't just see the avengers movies and like the spider mans yeah go go support this and go see this with an audience it's oh, yeah. you know while it's in its first weekend or you know week of opening go see it while there's still crowds we had a decently crowded yeah. theater last night I, I i just feel like seeing this one with a bunch of people where you have everyone around you reacting to it and yeah. that's that's a lot of fun and just it's not a sequel it's not a remake it's a new, it's an original movie. So please just go check it out. Cause like what? It has like a 90 something percent on Rotten I think Tomatoes. it's down to 89, but like fucking sure, whatever. That's whatever. still. Like it, it's a movie that I think critics and audience members both really enjoy. It's not like Midsummer where critics, critics loved it. Critics love it and, and everyone audience else was like, hates what it. the fuck? Yeah. Uh, no, it seems like everyone enjoys it. So even if you see it and it's not like the best thing ever, you'll probably have a good time. It's a good fucking time. Yeah. So that's our plug. And the end of our spoiler-free Yep, we're going to uh, ruin it now. Yeah, now we're going to ruin and it. And while we transition to the spoilers, I realized as I'm dressed in this evening gown with gloves, I left my sippy cup with cats on it on the living room okay. table. Oh, yeah. it's over here. So I'm going to grab it because I'm thirsty. Yeah, go get that the sparkly. Uh, yeah, so I'll just uh, end your back. I don't even have to vamp. Great. There we go. Yeah, my adult sippy cup. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, we'll try our best to d- review it as we normally do. Our notes, since it's a, in the theater, <laughs> hardly legible. Yeah. But yes. It's this-, a, this movie is um, dark. Not in tone, but it literally is dark. But When I was trying to write stuff, I couldn't see shit. But you can see. Yes, the, yeah, yeah. It's never this a thing where you're straining to see what's Game going on. This is Game of Thrones final oh, season where God. you can't see anything. Fuck, yeah, it's not AVP Requiem. Or even, you know what uh, movie, when I was doing it on the kill count, I did have to brighten up Hush. Mm, uh, surprisingly, mm-hmm. that movie's too dark. Yeah. Too dark. I hate it when shit's too dark. This is not. And that's actually one of the things I really enjoyed, the production design. Yeah. Uh, it all takes place in the the mansion of the family. And it's it's just golds everywhere and these that warm lighting from all the candlelight. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's always uh, clear what's going on. You're never straining to see what's happening. And it just feels like a very self, like fully realized tone and setting. You, yeah, if you, you know exactly what era this family made its money in. Yeah. And they were Gilded Era rich <laughs> yeah. people. And you can tell because this just screams Gilded Era. It screams money made through business and not through some centuries old inheritance this is like new money in the you know turn of the century yeah like late 19th century mm-hmm. early 20th century yes it's the le dumas family le domas le, le domas i think le domas family and they made their money with games they're yes. a gaming company Ooh, when i i didn't know this had anything to do with 
board games or games. I, I thought, because you see kind of shots of board games in the trailer, but I thought that was just part of the st- weird tradition that they have. I didn't realize, oh, it really is. They do this because they are a board gaming family. And that's such a fun, and it's uh we get a history a little bit later uh, of exactly the path to wealth that they took it was like the great grandfather had trading cards and then from trading cards to board games and then they wound up owning sports teams it's Mm -hmm. all in the the realm of gaming Mm -hmm. and it's so fun and it lends a great motivation for the central plot conceit of you have to play this game with us when you join the family on your wedding night yeah also interesting for those of you who have seen the trailer or have now watched the movie and are watching this i thought that Whenever someone joined the family and would have to play a game, whatever game they picked would, would be, be a, a lethal murder variation of that game. I did too. But apparently, hide and seek is the only deadly one. Yeah. Because uh, as the other spouses who married into the family revealed, one of them had to play chess. Another had to play Old Maid, and he was very confused about what that game was. Yeah. I used to play it growing up, but I don't know the rules. I, anymore. Yeah, I used to play that too, and I could not tell you what the rules are. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, what the. The hell is old maid? I feel like it's one of those kids' card games where, like, go fish. It's just this sucks. <laughs> like, <there's laughs> no, this isn't a game. <laughs> yeah, but that was a fun revelation that it's not. You're not necessarily boned. Because I, yeah, they kept so okay. So we have the central family. Samara Weaving is marrying into the family. She's marrying one of the sons who I think is see the old. He's the middle child. He's the middle child, but they like him the best. Yeah, his name is Alex, but the other issue with Alex is that he has been kind of estranged from his family. And that is one thing with the movie is uh, I don't think they – I guess you can decipher it for yourself, but if he's so estranged, why did he agree to do this marriage in the tradition of the family by coming back, having the wedding at the house? I I think it plays into stuff we learn about him later. Mm -hmm. And – it explains early on, and I think it gives you a hint early on about who he truly is and what his motivations really are, regardless of what he says. Yeah, because if he hates his family so much, why are they having the wedding at this or estate? Or if he, right, if he would pick her over his family, not really, because he wouldn't have the wedding at their home. He yeah. wouldn't play the game in the first place. He Clearly, there's something in the back of his head where he cares about the family and the wealth and everything more than his fiance. Yes. So I think that's a hint early on to who he really is, you know? Uh, so Samara Weaving's character is named Grace. She's marrying Alex, as we mentioned, played by Mark O'Brien, who I, I'm not really familiar with. Uh, he has an older brother, Daniel, played by Adam Brody, who yes. is always awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you know Adam Brody from? I mean, he's in the OC. I've been mixing him up with, um, shoot! Now I can't remember the other guy's name because Adrian I Brody? always no, not Adrian <laughs> Brody. I always I mix him up with the other guy who is in you on Netflix. They're not the same person. Okay, and I can't. Remember. I know Adam Brody from uh, Jennifer's Body. Oh, he was in that, yes, and he's he's in some other horror movies. He just looks like a cool. He's guy. in Scream Four. That's right. He's one of the cops. He's, he's one uh, of the cops. Uh, What's it? Anthony Anderson's partner. Mm-hmm. It's a very small role. It's a weird role to have. Yeah, it's cast very yeah. <laughs> a known actor into. But yeah, I think he just gets stabbed in the back. Uh, they have the the father of the family is Tony, 
played by Henry uh, Zerny. Zerny, do you know him? No, me neither. But he's fucking he's hilarious really in funny. this. He gets so unraveled. Yeah, he gets so like upset and frantic as the you time goes on. You can see that man's blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, there. raise his wife. I know. Who, I wish I had their IMDb's like. I I remember enough to say when I know it. So his wife, the matriarch of the family, is Becky, played by Andy McDowell. Oh, I mean, she's like a big name. Yeah, she's. I think of Groundhog Day, but okay, I think she got her start in Sex Lies and Videotape. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I haven't seen too many things with her, but I guess she is from the South. But I did think her character's accent fluctuated a lot. Some scenes it was really coming out this Southern accent, Mm -hmm. and other scenes it I didn't even know she had one. Did you? think though that maybe it changed depending on no i think it just fluctuated fluctuated? although she does mention early on before you know the act break and we uh, during the wedding ceremony early on she's talking to samara weaving's character grace and is she seems really nice to her and Mm -hmm. she says that she likes her and she admits that her blood wasn't necessarily blue enough when she married into the family so when i did hear the accent i was like oh i wonder if that's supposed to be a class thing although i do think the whole family like it takes place in North Carolina, so they're all Southern. Oh, this is supposed to be North Carolina? I think I so. I wasn't sure. I think it's a Southern family. Because, uh, yeah, it was filmed in Toronto. Yeah, a lot of enough, it was where filmed we just at were two weeks Casa ago. Loma, where we just went. So I think at one point near the beginning, <laughs> someone's in a library in the house, and I just immediately, it's like, we were just there. Yeah, Casa Loma is a big old castle in Toronto that we spent three or four hours walking around, and it wasn't enough. We fucking loved that place. Yeah. If you're ever in Toronto, check it out. Do the audio tour. That's what we did. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. That guy. That guy. <laughs> what, fuck, what's his name? Um, Ta- Henry Pallet. Pallet, yeah. Henry Pallet. <laughs> Love that One guy. One of my favorite eccentric rich people, mm-hmm. probably. So cool, dude. Yeah. Early investor in electricity. Seemed to be all right to his his staff. <laughs> like, yeah, as as all right as <laughs> you can be when you're a crazy billionaire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, throwing giant Christmas parties and building that entire house or at least the living room on top of concrete so that he could one day put tanks in his living room because he wanted to just turn it into a military museum. <laughs> Getting an electric car and driving off to show it off around town without knowing how to stop it. So eventually <laughs> having to drive in circles and y- yell at people at to people. throw hay in front of your car. Yeah. He's my favorite. He's so fucking weird. Yeah, I love so him. Uh, the fact that this was filmed at partially at Casa Loma, where we just were two weeks ago, was fucking cool. I mean, I bet he would love the concept of this movie and <laughs> love that they filmed it there. You know, he seems like someone who, because when he went broke, oh and yeah, he was the city repossessed his mansion, his castle, really, and they they reopened it as it's owned by the city now. It's now a museum, but he he came back and they had him at the opening, and he was in his seventies, I think. Yeah, seventies, sick and poor. Yeah, and he I, they said at one point he was living in his chauffeur's attic or something. That's like where he, he died, his chauffeur's, his chauffeur's guest house or yeah. garage or whatever. I mean, he yeah. truly went from billionaire to nothing, but at the end of his life, he came back to Casa Loma, and he was like, you know, I'm I'm really happy that like everyone can come here and enjoy it now and that makes me happy that everyone's having a good time in my house and he didn't seem like he was bitter or yeah. so he's you know problematic fave <laughs> of mine henry pallet yeah but that's I, I love that definitely check that out if you're yeah. in toronto so i think he love he somewhere he is i think he loves that this was filmed at his home 
Uh, the father, Tony, has a sister, Aunt Helene. Oh, we love Aunt Helene. Everyone loves yeah, her. Yeah, if you Helene. see the trailer, she's the she's, short, silver-haired yeah, scowl. She's sitting there just scowl. And she, she an is from favorite of the podcast, Cube. Oh, yeah. Yes. Nikki Guadani, probably Italian, looks like. Yeah, she, I'm trying to, so that character in Cube. because like it's a doctor. It's been a bit since we've seen it. I mean, she's one of the, I think one of the, Main characters, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they all kind of have to be, but (laughs) yeah, but it's so weird because she looks 100% different. Did you look her up? I did. Did it kind of, because that's when I, when I was like, who the fuck was she in Cube? I genuinely couldn't remember it. I remember when I read what happened to her character. I was like, oh, I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, she is the doctor, right? Like Mm -hmm. she knows how to, because she's the one who knows kind of how to talk to the autistic guy who's with them, isn't it? That kind of their relationship. I think so. Yeah, it's been a minute yeah it was a late night that was a we're in a hotel room and we have we ordered drinks up to the room let's watch cube well that was after watching lost boys too it's a (laughs) double feature (laughs) yeah uh so she's fantastic she's gonna be such a cult favorite character from this yeah Um, yeah she's nice and nasty it's great not nice at all but like she's good and nasty yeah uh the other sibling alex's younger sister is emily Played by oh. Melanie Scrofano. I don't know who she is. She, she was in is. a Saw movie in a yes. bit part. Uh, we couldn't place who she I, was. I think she's on the merry-go-round she's in the in healthcare six, one. Yeah. yeah, Saw 6. And I think she's one of the people who he has to choose whether who lives or dies with a shotgun carousel. There's a lot of characters in that one. I know. I think, think I think she might be the one who's like, I'm pregnant. And then he lets her live because mm. of it, maybe. She is fucking she's so funny. So funny. I think she gets robbed the most by the trailer because mm. some of her funniest lines are in the trailer. And her funniest um, physical comedy. And yeah, that's all kind of given away. In the, but I mean, it's still. She's yeah, she's so like fucking funny. snorting coke, powder oh in her gosh. nose this whole movie. I just have her written down as cocaine niece in my notes because <laughs> I didn't remember her name. Yeah. Because at one point, Aunt Helene calls her brown haired niece. <laughs> Doesn't even address her by name. Yeah, she was maybe my favorite. Very funny. I loved her. That's the thing I love, love, love about this movie is it. all of the funniest characters for me are the women in this. Are you like, thinking of Aunt Helene and Aunt Emily? Helene and Emily. Like, for me, the standout funny roles. And Samara Weaving is funny, too. Oh, she's hilarious. I yeah. think all of the great moments of humor, not that... You know, everyone in this is very funny, but to me, the standouts are all these women in the cast. And I think that that's really cool. And it's not a it's not a female led rom-com. It's not a, you know, movie made for women, like, quote unquote. Emily's husband is Fitch Bradley. Fitch is also very fucking funny. Fitch is also fucking hilarious. Everyone in this is great. Uh, That's played by Christian Brune, who I know from Orphan Orphan Black. Black, It was killing me this whole movie. I I couldn't place him, but he's fucking Donnie from Orphan Black. Yeah, Allison's husband. And then, finally, Daniel's wife is Charity, played Mm -hmm. by Elise Levesque. Uh, And she... She, like all of these characters, it's it's really nice because, you know, obviously we haven't quite gotten into the plot yet, but they're all hunting for Samara Weaving to kill her. We'll explain why in a little bit. But everyone's given some motivation, and yes. there's a really good scene with Charity, who seems to be the most cold and reserved of the family, even though she married into it. She's not like a blood relative. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good little scene where she says you know where i came from before this and it's they don't like have to over explain it this is what i love about this and 
the stuff that it's exploring is every character in this has some reason for doing what they do in this. And I'm not saying that it makes them uh, empathetic. It doesn't make them good people. But I think it's really cool that these kind of motivations these characters have very much so mirror real world justifications for maybe stepping on other people to become wealthy for you know putting your family first at the expense of others for doing something that's so implicitly selfish but there's a reason for it that makes sense to you mm-hmm. and yeah i i think that that's really neat and yeah, that, ma- that makes this movie uh this that gives this movie more substance than yes i think it you know a dumber script would not have. Yeah, because this is a fun movie, but there's also some a little bit of depth to it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's never, saying something. Yeah, and I also appreciate that it's, it's never like beating you over the head with it either. No. It's because, uh, you know, before we saw it, some people were like, oh, you're really going to like it. It's got some commentary on like class and system. And so I was expecting some more overt uh, themes and messaging. There were some rewrites, apparently. So I was reading an interview with the directors and the co-writers, and they made two big changes, and we're going to spoil the end of the movie. Sorry, we're going out of order here. But uh, one, they had Grace die. She was killed by the family. Ooh, that'd be a downer. Yes, exactly. Two, they changed the very last line of the film so when the she's sitting on the steps outside and they have the fire department and police come up and they're like oh my god what happened to you and she goes Mm in-laws smashed credits she originally said rich people in-laws is much better in-laws is much better it's it's less on the nose but they so they were making this i think they started writing this they started in 2017. Oh, no, wait. I think the screenplay was older. I think the screenplay literally was written like 2016-ish. Oh, yeah. So I think a lot of the ending was changed because they realized it's it's too bleak. If we kill her and that's the message we're sending, yeah, maybe it's a more realistic quote-unquote ending, but it's so fucking bleak and everything right now sucks anyway and we're all in this mood culturally. Let's make it a a revenge flick. Let's make it a a happy ending. We want people to leave cheering and feeling good, you know, feeling like catharsis. Yeah, I was a a smidge worried uh, near the end that they were going to kill her. I was too. Yeah, I was like, oh, are they going to do that? And I'm glad they didn't. Also, on that note, uh, I think some people have interpreted the trailer and or the poster as this being a movie where Samara Weaving is going to become a super badass and, like, hunt them down and kill them all. And, you know, it could have taken that turn, and it probably would have been fine. Next yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's much more your next. Yeah. It's not that. She's, she's a, you know, she's a vulnerable character who's not, who doesn't become this total badass. She's strong. Yeah, but she's she's not... Because um, sometimes, and, and excluding your next, because I think your next does this really well, but I think often when that's done in movies, when you have this, like, she's the lead girl, and she is invincible, and she's going to kick ass and be... Ingr- I, I often find that really condescending. That's not interesting to me. I'd rather... Like, this to me, where she, she feels like a real person and feels relatable... She feels like someone who is just, she's a human being pushed to the brink of, she's just surviving. She's like an animal trying to survive at points in this movie. And I think that's so much more fun and interesting and 
more of what I want to see in a movie like this versus some character that's perfect and is like fucking Rambo going through. I mean, that's also kind of a fun movie, but (laughs) I think, yeah, like what you said, I think this is so much more interesting. She really, she does remind me of those, those stories you hear of, of humans when otherwise they're very normal people. These aren't superhumans in daily life, but they're put in some situation where just because our your animal brain kicks in and you do crazy shit to survive that you never would think you'd be capable of. Yeah. But if you're pushed to that point, your gut instinct is I need to survive. And sh- that's what this feels like. It doesn't feel yeah. like she's a superhuman. It just feels like some part of her brain gets unlocked because of the situation's so fucking crazy. Yeah, when she winds up with the nail through her hand, which is the yep. gory scene that I was referencing earlier, very... Uh, painful to watch. It's it seems like that, and the one where she's crawling through the fence and her the fence, skin yeah, the gate. is getting like yeah. ripped open. And she's screaming, but she's just, it's just she's someone trying to it. survive, mm-hmm. man. And yeah, I like that she screams and uh, um admits that pain. Yeah, you know, it's obviously super painful things, but like she's just fucking toughing through it. Yeah, and yeah, so if you're looking for the badass shooting everyone down thing that's not this movie right it's fine I, I saw some people complain about like when she chokes out the uh butler fucking stevens fuck that guy yeah uh she doesn't check that he's dead yeah like why didn't she kill him i thought he was dead when she oh, did I it did first it. i mean i was sitting there thinking like you gotta like tie that in there you yeah. gotta do something yeah like, like movie watcher me knew he wouldn't be dead but like me as the character would have been like yeah, that, that probably killed him, right? And then she gets right. away. So I'm not faulting her for, you no. know, because uh, not doing the double tap is a thing that yeah, I always complain about. Yeah, she's not a merc. She's not going to know, <laughs> okay, this is how you know a man is dead after you've strangled him. You know, she's yeah. like, okay, I think he's dead. I got to get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Because there's a car there. I mean, even if she thinks he's still alive, he's passed the fuck out seemingly from being choked out. Use that moment to go get in the car and drive away. Because I'm thinking if I'm her and I'm like, I've got a car great i'm out of here yeah that's that and that's a reverse situation if i'm ever being choked out by someone i've always thought i'll just pretend to pass out and then be like oh i wasn't yeah Yeah, fooled you yeah gotcha the running joke of (laughs) firearms not going according to plan is hilarious especially because yeah all these fucking like (laughs) they say they say it's it's tradition to use oh the tradition scene is great very funny yeah. yeah They they use all these basically they're clue weapons. There we got a giant axe, which Aunt Helene has, which is fantastic. Um, Fitch has a crossbow. There's I mean old rifles, <laughs> old rifles. You know, yeah. you got like one shot, then you gotta fucking reload the th- you know. Yeah, and there's a scene where they're discussing uh, whether or not they're allowed to use the security cams throughout the the mansion to look for her because she's gotten away at that point. And, you know, when they started the game, they turned them off because that's tradition. They have to play it. Like and, Grandpa would Like Grandpa would But now that time is running out, they're like, fuck it. We're, we're all going to die. Let's turn the cameras on. And there's some dispute over whether or not that's allowed. And then it's like... No, we can turn him on. <laughs> it's not tradition that he was born before cameras. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> right, yeah. And so it's not our fault grandpa was born before security cameras. So and they, they were like, wouldn't grandpa on. have used them if he had them? <laughs> exactly. But then they're like, well, can we use some more modern weapons? And they're like, no, that's tradition. We have to stick to that. It's I love Annaline is like, you pick and choose the traditions you want. And it's so funny because everyone does that, even like when it comes to the Constitution or any traditions that we as a society always lean back on is like no it's true 
but this one will follow this. It's like the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's like anything. any set of rules that we all try and collectively follow. Everyone's going to end up picking and choosing what works for them. Yeah. Like man can't lay with man, but you can eat shellfish. But you can mix types of fabric or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always picking and choosing. And it's just a hilarious one little scene where they talk. And again, it's not overt. Like they're not being, it's just so funny. It's very good. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can talk a bit about the plot. It, it I was going to say, we should, we should explain the setup of the game and why they have to play. Yeah. Cause the, game. the cold open scene has uh, Alex and Daniel as kids and they witness Aunt Helene's actually fiance being shot with a crossbow and dragged behind doors for uh, a ceremony. And that's after we see Daniel gives him up because he takes Alex and is like, here, hi, because Alex is younger. Mm -hmm. So he's he wants to protect him from seeing all of this. So he makes Alex hide and then he goes into a room and he sees the, the fiance who's been shot and he yells, he's in here and the yeah, whole he family. And uh, the mom says, oh, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And they're all wearing masks. They all have creepy. Yeah, There's another funny thing funny. in that tradition scene when they're like, well, what, what about the masks? That was my dad. It was, it was the, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that we get, oh, this weird cold open. Everyone's got masks on. It's this creepy cult. What? No, it's just the 80s. We're all on coke. I it's think fine. they had masks at the experience we did at Midsummer, though. They did. They yeah. were wearing those. So, yeah. yeah I know. That's. I was wondering what the fuck is chasing me because the trailer is all yeah, there's no masks. rich people wearing <laughs> beautiful gowns and then we go into this room and i'm like what the fuck they all have these <laughs> twilight zone looking masks on and yeah. robes and so yeah i think they were the masks from the this cold open they look like the masks from and i wonder if this is an homage or just a coincidence there's an episode of the twilight zone i forget what it's called but it's a bunch of rich people who are celebrating new year's it's like oh, a dad right. with a family and they all wear these masks that kind of reflect who they are on the inside and i wonder if they look because I can't quite remember what those look like, but that'd be cool if they were a similar, yeah, you know, a little homage because mm-hmm. that would be kind of yeah, thematically similar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the cold open, uh, and you just get a little bit of a sense of Daniel's character, yes. who it's funny is uh, Samara Weaving Grace is marrying Alex, but Daniel Adam Brody is actually higher build and is a I mean they're about equal in screen time and importance, but they play off each other really well, even though they're not often on screen together it's weird i get their relationship i think is done really well but we don't even see them together that often Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it opens after that just right away with the the wedding uh grace is nervous obviously reciting her vows and she's kind of doing joke vows which is great this is great exposition where she's doing some jokey vows and she's like oh i i take you alex blah 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 you and your like weird ass family that hates me i think and thinks i'm a gold digger yeah so that's kind of we get some exposition through her nervously kind of making up these vows that she's not actually gonna (laughs) (laughs) what i love too by the way the fact that this is a wedding and our main character is a bride the bride's kind of the ultimate final girl in a movie if you have a bride running around you're so fucked if you're the bad guy or anyone else in the movie because when we think of the final girl like we've discussed in our final girl episode the final girl is associated with purity with virginity with being like the ultimate kind of girl it's this idealized person and a bride what is a bride culturally if not the most idealized woman and we dress a bride in white now it hasn't always been like that but 
the idea is white is purity and virginity mm-hmm. and that you know it's that's such a mistake doing your hide and seek game and having a, <laughs> a bride be the person i think it's it might even be purposeful that the person we see killed in the beginning by hide and seek is a groom not yeah. a bride yeah i think I wonder if this had ever been played with a bride before. I don't well, know. Well, uh, not as far as in their lifetime because it, apparently those these are the only two times hide and seek has been drawn. Yeah. Uh, as far as I think it was Becky who said since she married into the family. Right. Uh, that was uh, Andy yeah, McDowell. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very purposeful. The first victim we see is a groom, but the bride's going to make it out fine. It's the rules of horror movies. <laughs> She's our final girl. Yeah, so the wedding... You know, happens pretty fast. Uh, they're back in their room. She's looking to get lucky, and he's like, "Before we do, we, well, actually, Aunt Helene is in there, which is really that's funny. so. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. There, yeah, she's trying to take off Alex's pants. Alex is like, "Hold on a second, I gotta explain this weird thing." But then Aunt Helene, we realize, is just in the corner. She's <laughs> like, "You better be better at hiding than that." And she's reflected <laughs> in all these different mirrors and shit. And <laughs> Aunt Helene is so funny. Um, so he's, he's like, all right, that was weird. Uh, I love that. That's just Aunt Helene being creepy. That's not like part of the game. No, it's just Aunt Helene. Just Aunt Helene. And I love that also, you know, she's sitting there at the, the wedding scowling and she's this, she obviously is a very angry person. I love that. We see why yes. when her fiance gets mer- murdered in that cold open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he's like, Every time someone marries into the family that night, we have to play a game. And she asks, what kind of game? You'll draw it. We'll find out. So, you know, she gets down there and they're all sitting around the table. And this is when the dad gives the backstory of how the family came into their wealth with all the gaming. Man, uh, if if I'm getting married into this family... I'm pumped as fuck <laughs> right. for this. Is perfect this. For this you. is so me. Because they're like, do you like playing games? And she's like, it depends on the game. I would just be too too into it. I'd make everyone uncomfortable because they know what could happen, you know? <laughs> they know, like, maybe they all have to hunt and kill me. But <laughs> I'm just, meanwhile, very excited and oblivious. And he starts explaining that, uh, what was it, his, his great-grandfather his was yes. a seaman, a mm-hmm. sailor on a uh, I'm guessing like a cargo ship. It sounds very. Um, I'm just imagining. We saw the trailer for the lighthouse. Oh god. Before this, and I'm thinking. I'm just have that in my head. Just very like fucking. You know what I'm fucking picturing? The fucking <gasps> from Peach Dragon. Yeah, the yes! boyfriend from Peach, from Peach Dragon. Dragon. Oh my god, the Gordon Seafood <laughs> exactly. man. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's the, the seaman, and he meets this passenger on a on a ship named Mister Labale. Labale, man. Okay. And let me just say, if it's like the 1800s, you're an old school seaman, which is like not even a real fucking job. It's like a fantasy job in my head. It's just such like a movie job. And you meet a man on a on your boat named Mr. LaBelle, who I'm assuming has a fucking like forked <laughs> mustache yeah. and a goatee. Wait, does LaBelle mean anything? I... My theory is if you unscramble it and, and rearrange the letters, you can make, I think you can make Belial. B-E-L. Yes, you can. Yeah. Nice. I awesome. think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some other reference there, but I think it could be because Belial is a demon, not just in Basket Case. Ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah, you open, yeah, you solve his puzzle box and little Belial <laughs> Stop pops Stop motion out. pops out. Yeah. Uh, but no, Belial is like a demon in mythology and. Yeah. A bit scarier than he is in Basket Case. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh I was th- I was trying to think of, of Ladomus and if that went 
unscrambled or meant anything, but I couldn't quite find anything. So, uh, so yeah. So Mr. LaVale says, if you solve my puzzle box, this is another red flag. <laughs> you will forever have a benefit a benefactor in me for whatever business venture, anything you choose to embark on. So I guess uh, great grandpa works all night on this puzzle box and solves it. And that is how they begin to make their fortune. It is handed down throughout the generations and it starts. He, what is it like? He opens like a general good store trading cards. Yeah. And it's shit. Like trading cards on the yeah. board. Yeah. 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 And so, but like we said, whenever someone marries into the family, they have to draw a card. They put a blank card in this puzzle box. This is so weird. And then they take it out and it has the name of the game they have to play. And like we said, past iterations, chess, old maid, Samara Weaving draws it hide and seek and everyone's like oh and yeah the shit. room the mood of the room is just and before this you know alex's parents had been talking to him like are you prepared if if she draws it and he i think he even says like what are the odds like it's... i think he just doesn't answer yeah which is another indication of like just the ambiguity of him yeah. because he's really fighting for her during all this mm-hmm. and throughout most of the movie mm-hmm. uh it's not a thing where he has secretly Weird this whole time been plotting to, to yeah he's like going through the secret tunnels which i think were filmed at uh Casaloma, Casaloma, yeah. and uh helping her escape like turning off the unlocking the doors from the security room so she draws it and they say yeah you gotta hide we'll give you a hundred seconds and i like how she's like well it's hide and seek there's no way i can win right <laughs> if you hide until dawn she's like okay yeah <laughs> she gets bored right away hiding in the dumb waiter yeah. they they play the little hide and seek song i wish i remembered how it went yeah. hide and seek i don't know the rest of the words i, I love it i want really i want it as soon as it's available anywhere online and i'm gonna just play it all the time yeah it's great it's really good so she goes and hides in the dumb waiter uh and they all get weapons they all yeah they all grab their clue weapons (laughs) (laughs) and they start looking for her yeah and she's hiding and you know there's a lot of fun just suspense scenes but eventually when uh alex finds her and is like stay quiet and she's like why why do i gotta be quiet and then they see the one of the maids get shot there are three Mm -hmm. maids here and one of the maids gets shot in the fucking face by emily yeah and it's gory and that's when grace realizes oh this is for real Mm -hmm. and again that's a trailer moment spoiled which sucks Mm. but yeah that's when she finally realizes oh this is a problem and uh, (laughs) this is such a um good way to a good example of how to do some exposition here because we have to at some point get uh grace to understand the full picture of what's going on here. Not even just, oh, they're hunting you. They need to understand this is part of, we need to do this by morning. We need her alive for the ritual. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, why'd you shoot her? Because Emily shot her in the face, uh, the maid in the face. And they're like, why would you shoot her in the face? We need her alive for this sacrifice, right. this ritual. So we've get, you know, we get explanation there versus having her husband tell her everything. Instead yeah. of having her husband be like, okay, here's what's actually going on. My family is trying to kill you, blah, blah, blah. We get to actually see, you know, it's showing, not telling. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that the maid who was everyone's favorite? Oh. I can't remember if it was her I think or the it second was. one. I think, yeah. 
It was like, oh, she was my she favorite. She was my favorite. I know one of the maids, she, I think it's the last one to get killed, yeah. says, I'm not even a maid, Mr. Like Ladomus just likes how I dance or whatever. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but she fucking rats out on Grace, too. Yeah, she's a snitch. Yeah, all the help, like, you know, especially that fucking butler, Stevens, Ooh, is such a little Stevens. bastard. He's such a fucking bootlicker. He goes further out than anyone else he trying does. to get Grace back. I mean, again, I think this movie has a lot to say about class and money and what people will do when they're in the position of either having lots of it or you know benefiting from it benefiting from it yeah because it's like steven's dude you're the fucking butler why are you helping because he's comfortable man yeah he probably is a live-in butler yeah a live -in oh, butler sure. of this nice ass castle mm -hmm. yeah of course he's gonna go to bat for them and but it's yeah at the same time it's like dude you're not gonna die when the sun comes up you're fine why yeah. you don't need to be complicit in the, but he is he's complicit because he benefits from their wealth yeah and again none of that is like fucking spelled out spelled out it's i just think i think every single character in this is such a really cool um not allegory but they're they each represent something really fascinating about what money does to a person and it's yeah it, this movie does not spell out i think one of the most interesting ones is aunt helene the concept of her is so depressing because she we we learn that yeah she's the bride in the beginning and it's her husband that was killed and we even have a moment where we think or at least i thought is she gonna is she secretly good is she gonna turn face and help <laughs> But she explains, you know, I I had to watch my husband be murdered by the family. I had to go through all this. So she needs to die. Yeah. She's going to, she's one of those, she represents that type of person who is, you know, fuck you. I got mine. I. Well, it's, it's more of like. I was able to work through hardships That's and true. become successful. Yes. Why can't you? Why can't you? And I had to go through all this shit to get where I am. Therefore, you should have to go through that too, or you should have to suffer the same way I did. Especially since it's it's Alex's wife who she Antoline is very insistent needs to take his place as the head of the family, and she comes off as very matriarchy-ish too. Mm -hmm. And I think she really, yeah, she believes in the system and says. He, he's got to go through what I did to take his place. She is not the type of person who wants to to end it or realizes that it's wrong. And just because it happened to her doesn't mean it needs to happen to someone else. Yeah. Then the sister, I think, <laughs> cocaine niece. What is her name? Emily. Emily, yeah. So Emily has two young boys, Georgie and... I don't even know if the other one has Gabe? a name. Oh, sure. Yeah. Georgie's a little shit. Fuck Georgie. Georgie. Fuck Georgie. Georgie gets punched in the face. It's awesome. He does. <laughs> um, Emily represents this turning point for Daniel in like a really crucial scene that maybe we're not we're not quite sure in that moment what he's thinking. It's the moment where they're in like the goat barn yeah. and Daniel says, you know, maybe we all deserve to fucking die. The thing is, is like when this, if they don't kill Smar Weaving for the ritual and the sun comes up, they all die. That's or at least what that's they what say. they think. Yeah. And Daniel says, maybe we all deserve to die. We're a fucked up family and maybe we all deserve it. And, and she's like, my, my kids my don't. My kids don't deserve this. And then right after she says that, we hear Georgie. They didn't realize he was there because Georgie had been in the previous scene fucking like clocked in the face and knocked out cold. Yeah, because he found this. At, at that point, Grace had made her way outside of the mansion, 
into the stables and was hiding. And when she saw Georgie walk up, this little kid, she's like, oh, thank God, Georgie, can you help me? And he shoots her yeah. in the hand trying to And he does it. Her. like he's, And he says, because you all, that's what you are all trying to do. Yeah. So one, we have a character who's like this generation. It's a generational thing where he mm-hmm. learns to be a fucking sociopath because what everyone else is doing. Therefore, this is the correct way to be. This is the example that's being set for me. And he says, I, you know, I tried to shoot her and she got away. And again, we have another scene where just like Daniel's mom, Emily says, oh, honey, I'm so proud of you. Emily and Daniel, at least, who are of that generation, have substance abuse problems. She is, you know, run around with her cocaine and he's an alcoholic. He's, an alcoholic, he's drunk yeah. the whole movie, which he realizes a coping mechanism for having to deal with all this. Because like, the first thing we find out about him is Grace saying, you're, you're alcoholic, you're drunk brother who always hits on me. Right. And so immediately you're like, oh, Daniel's a skis bat. A, a skis bag, is that a thing? A sleaze bag. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so you get a bad impression of Daniel. But then as the movie goes on, it's like, oh, he's drinking because he is unhappy about all this. Right. And he wavers a lot going back and forth. But that first scene when he finds her during the game early on in the mansion and he just pours her a drink and is like, like, we have to do this. But then he does let her go, and he's like, I'll give you to the count of 10 before I, before I say she's in here, just like he did when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then just a, a small part of that that I really love is he starts counting, and he's like, one, two, two and a half. Like, he, he prolongs mm-hmm. it as long as he can. And it's like, oh, Daniel, oh, man, you're, like, trying to be a good guy. And it's the struggle throughout the yeah. whole movie. He even tells her outside when they run into each other, when he's finally able to capture her again, that, like, I'm not who you think I am. That's Alex. He's the one who got away from the family and is uh, your chance at, like, salvation. Turns out he's wrong there. Right. Yeah. And he, he sees, uh, you know, he looks at this kid and sees a future version of himself. He sees this cycle continuing. He sees another generation being given all of this money and privilege and continuing to just basically torture other people as soon as they choose to enter the family. Yeah. And also maybe growing up with substance abuse problems because clearly all of the kids are having a hard time coping with their rituals and yeah because he even tells her someone had to burn it down i just never thought it'd be me right you know uh near the end there yeah i don't know how much we gotta go like plot point by plot point i mean i'm like just talking about the characters for sure because yeah i mean she hides gets out of the mansion goes to the stable she finds uh, a shoot full of bodies where they dump Ooh, all the sacrifices so goats too yeah. like i noticed the goat bodies down there and then later alex is talking telling his parents when he's like they've handcuffed him because he's tried to help her mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i got away from you guys because i realized at some point that slitting goats throats and sacrificing them to satan is not a regular thing to do but i realized that it felt normal to me mm-hmm. and so i was like oh yeah the goats were down there yeah <laughs> i also think that um Daniel's wife Charity is really interesting too like you we talked briefly about the scene with her where she we, says I would rather be dead I'd than rather go back be dead to, than go back to and we don't know what her life was before like, this but we assume poor, it wasn't great you know and again that's just another exploration of some an effect that wealth can have on people is when there's such disparity and you go from nothing to having money that is kind of like I said a, a fuck you I got mine but it's also a when yeah you would you would literally do anything to keep what you've gained 
yeah. at the expense of anyone else. Yeah, and I feel like that's a common thing in like prestige television shows. Like I'm thinking like The Wire probably has some characters like that or maybe Sopranos, which I haven't watched, but I can just I, I feel like I've seen that character before where it's someone who was raised up from being like in a real like maybe a sex worker or a drug dealer or something like that. And then they they get more power and security and then you see them do awful heinous things just in an effort to like not go back to that previous life right and it's all it's also an example of you you sometimes think oh well if someone who that's how they grew up and they get money they should have some inherent empathy or understanding for other people but they don't not necessarily not necessarily it can be a look i I've gotten all this and how dare you take it away from me. That's, you know, it's your problem. The situation you're in is your problem. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad. It's the worldview of like, not everyone can be happy and successful. I am. I'm going to work to keep it that way. Right. Because I've seen what it's like to not be. Right. Uh, And then, and then there's Fitch, Uh, Emily's husband, Fitch, who spends most of the movie Googling how to use his crossbow Mm -hmm. and some, Again, hilarious scenes that were in the trailer, mm-hmm. which are, is a damn shame, but uh, very funny character. But he seems the most, uh, the least invested, the most skeptical that this whole thing is real. At one point, he talks to Charity in an aside and is like, when do we cut our losses and just leave? Because we're not like blood relatives. When Should we just get the fuck out of here? And yeah, I'm, I'm, it, he's so aloof mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't take it seriously and yet seems to be willing to hunt Grace down. He happily yeah. takes his crossbow and is like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. I think he has some kind of understanding of the methods that they've used to gain wealth and the reason that they have so much wealth and power is wrong. I think he has a sense that it's all very wrong and weird, but he doesn't care enough to do anything about it because it benefits him. Why Yeah. I'd, why bother? I'd, I'd be curious to know Fitch's background. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, he reads as though someone who, unlike Charity, maybe was also That's well what off. I think. I think he's someone who... Was like upper middle class yes. and then married the step up. If I had you to know? guess, he would have been maybe a frat bro. Yes. Like Ivy League kind of type Maybe a, a rower yeah. on the row team. And then that's crew. how he met. So he doesn't have much to lose. He just, I just think he doesn't really care. Yeah. And that's almost just as dangerous as everyone else because he truly does not give a shit because he never tries to help Samara Weaving. No, he's one of the people who like, yeah, absolutely does never tries to help her. Yeah. Unlike Alex who tries to help her throughout the first couple acts and uh, Daniel who really goes to bat for her in the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Becky, no, Becky's all in the mom. Yeah. Uh, Andy McDowell, even though she likes, I think she legitimately likes Grace, mm-hmm. but uh, for her, family is first. Yeah. And yeah, she's definitely, I think her character kind of represents that, like, that mentality that no matter what my family does, no matter how wrong it may be, they're my family, oh, so yes. I have to protect them. We have to do everything for the family, which I get is uh, the way that people think, but I just, I hate it. She's the type of, <laughs> of mom where if her kid murdered someone she would help cover it up oh yeah 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 it's like i love my family but janelle if you go kill someone i'm not going to bat for you man but that's the kind of person she'd be like we have to protect the reputation of the family we Mm -hmm. have to yeah she's very family first and she and that's that's the thing is 
she seems like a nice person at first. And I bet outside of this fucking game, <laughs> yeah. she's a nice woman. And if this game wasn't a thing, she would have been a nice mother-in-law. And and that's kind of what's difficult, right? Is if you know someone like that who is in a position like hers and she is doing something wrong and evil, but also she's nice. And that can be very confusing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if she's nice to you. Exactly. But it's a lot harder to call someone out for being the villain that they are, for being the bad person that they are when they're nice to you. Yeah. But I always judge people on how they treat, like, you know, the service workers. Service workers or anyone else who they have power over. It's like, especially now in our position where, you know, where people recognize that we have a successful thing going and it people are more likely to be nice to us maybe which is great for us but if you're nice it, to me and it a can dick make to, it harder to discern people's true can. personalities and intentions it's something yeah. i'm really aware of and yeah uh the dad tony he's just kind of uh i think a placeholder for the like inherited wealth mm -hmm. just yeah the you know the lineage of he, this family he's the uh he's like the because so, so he's he's like the patriarch and the person who represents generational wealth and he's inherited wealth and he's it, proud of the family story yeah you know yeah, when yeah, he yeah. relays it he's very proud and of it he seems very warm and kind of fun and i think he's the type of person where they're like the center of all the wealth and they can maybe afford to be a bit more jovial and fun and seemingly generous quote unquote while everyone else around them because it's more conditional wealth you know has to be the ones who are either backstabbing or kind of cutthroat yeah mm -hmm. whereas he is in a position to be a bit more secure and he also he also seems a bit incompetent Right? Because, oh. like, I mean, Grace is, is getting away during all this. Mm -hmm. And especially as she continues to, like, escape the mansion, escape the property, they get her back. But before that happens, he's getting very flustered and hilariously so. The guy plays it so funny. But his wife is always being like, just calm down. Just chill out. Uh, and I think, yeah, that that's – it's funny how, like – he seems so composed until he starts to lose control. And then it's just like, like you said, you see the blood pressure rising and veins popping out of his yeah. head. It's so easy to be jovial and, and uh, genial when everything's going your way. But the second oh, things it's, don't. It's the illusion of wealth. We assume, okay, this man is wealthy. This man is powerful. Therefore, he must be smart. He must be capable. He must be competent. But as soon as an iota of pressure is put on this guy, we see that he's just kind of a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else has to kind of keep shit together. This guy just, you know, happened to be born into this family and have mm -hmm. money. Meanwhile, everyone else has to kind of do the heavy lifting. This guy didn't really work to become as wealthy as he is. He just yeah. almost is role playing as I. Yes, this is because it was family. his great grand. Yeah, I think yeah. he he did say he was giving that speech and he was like, and in my uh like tenure, we bought a bunch of sports teams. I don't and, know if it was uh, him or his dad who did the sports team. No, but... I think he said he did a big because I know the wife was like nodding like she was very proud. Okay. So he's done stuff, but also sure. it's to be in that position to be, in that, to be you, able to do. It's that. easy to get richer when you're rich. It's getting a million dollar loan from your father. It's yeah, not 
as difficult to start a business when you have that, right. you know, starting point. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I like, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. He is very, just one little push and he's revealed he's for what he truly it, is. Yeah, he's not much of a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she gets out. Uh, there are more gun mishaps when Charity fires, finally gets to fire her rifle when she sees her running and it's like a dart gun or something. It just like a dart whiffs up into the air. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, this is after Samara, she got shot in the hand by the little kid, fell down that chute, then had to climb up a ladder with one hand since she had a hole in her hand. And then when she fucking goes to reach over the ledge, a nail is sticking out and it goes through the bullet wound and it's all. All I could think this whole movie was tetanus. Yeah. Or she's down there with all those bodies and yeah, that's getting infected for sure. Yeah. Wrapping it up with your dirty wedding dress isn't going to help much, but that's what she does. She gets out by, like we said, uh, ripping a rod out of the front gate of the property and squeezing her way out. But there is a shard that digs into her back and it fucking shows it in close up, just digging deep into her skin. It's- yeah. I love too just that little moment where she sees a car and tries to flag it down. It just drives right, it rips right past. He's like, get her. out of the road. Yeah. She's like, fucking rich people. Yeah. That, there's the rich people line. They definitely didn't need it again at the end. So right there. <laughs> yeah, and so Stevens, the butler, tracks her down in the woods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, at first she's able to choke him out with, a, again, a part of her wedding dress. She's constantly shedding her wedding dress, ripping it apart, using it to bandage her hand to to choke out Stevens. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting, this thing that put her in the position to begin with. She's now she utilizing to, it as, like, a tool. Yeah, and also it kind of gives her away because some of it gets left on the fence. And yeah. Yeah, it's both a something that uh, you know exposes her, and she can use as a strength. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, but she takes Stevens's car and drives away. And as she drives away, you see that he gets up, and then we get the hilarious scene where she tries calling the <laughs> OnStar type. Yeah, it's system. OnStar. Yeah, unquote. and uh, tries calling for the police, and the guy is like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll help you." And then he's like, "Oh, I've just gotten the report that this car is stolen, and I have to stop it." And it just like stops the car in the middle. I love that. That's such a good way to, that's such a a funnier way and more creative way to get the car to stop. Cause we got to get the car to stop somehow. Cause Mm -hmm. the movie is not fucking over. It's better than like, Oh, it ran out of gas or like she hits some. It's just, that was so funny. Yeah. And apparently that's who, uh, that's Justin who's voiced by Nat Faxon, who is, uh, Jim Rash's writing Mm -hmm. partner, co-wrote the descendants. Uh, Academy Award nominated screenwriter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to just because we're coming up on like we're past an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the last bit of the movie and Alex's character. Like turn. Yeah, because yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack with him because he's really interesting. I thought Alex is like I think within like the reactions to this movie, Alex might get overshadowed a bit because he's playing more of a main character straight man he's not a flashy yeah role especially compared to everyone else yeah he's mm. not particularly funny he's not the emotional core of the movie like Samara Weaving but I think he is so important to understanding what this movie is saying about wealth and generational wealth and families holding like dynastic power and stuff because so this whole movie he is Helping, like, he 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 genuinely cares about her. It's not a trick. This mm-hmm. wasn't some setup by him. He 
uh, was just hoping that the, the game wouldn't happen. And and he says that meeting her, he realized that he could be a good person, that she like evoked this change in him. Although, as his mom points out, they've only been together a year and a half. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, it's, they, it was 18 months. 18 like, months uh, from meeting to getting married, which that's pretty rushed. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Because that includes an engagement, right? I guess so, that, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, if, if you did it and that worked out, cool, man. So, yeah, that works out sometimes. <laughs> it's just, you know, like, short. Yeah. Especially for him to be like, you, I I knew you'd be able to change me. Like, mm-hmm. like, all right, dude. Another, like, hint to who he really is in, like, the first half-ish of this movie is when he, they're in the tunnels and he's like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to shut down the security camera and like we're gonna unlock the doors and blah 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 and she goes why wouldn't you just fucking told me about this and we could have made a point we could have done and he was like well if i told you you would have left yeah and this is what i wrote boo fucking who and all caps like that to me is such a that line encapsulates how fucking selfish this character is. yes because yeah maybe she would have left but she would have been informed and like <laughs> that that it's not consensual without that information. Yeah. And it's just it to me, it just represents it's like the delusion of him thinking she'll live and then we can still be together. Like it's it's so crazy. It's, it's just so much It's 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 paternalistic in that yes. don't worry. The odds are so low that this will happen that you don't even need you to don't know need to about worry it. About you don't it. need to make that choice. Right. I will for you so we can be together. Right. As opposed to, hey, there's a small chance this could happen. Make up your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That line that is, for sure. That's, you would have left. That to me is an indicator that these two are one, not gonna be together at the end of this, because fuck that shit. <laughs> and two, yeah, that he ultimately is going to betray her because he cares more about himself than her right by doing by like it's more important that she be with him right than she get to make an informed decision about their relationship right yeah yeah so little hints that this guy is not going to be the person we think he is and by the end of this it's pretty much spelled out in that scene when he's talking to his mom while he's handcuffed and she's like you've only known her a year and a half you really think she knows you better than us? And he like doesn't respond. He just looks away and he cries like yeah. a tear. It's like, oh, yep, this fucker's turning. Yeah. Uh, so they get her back to the house. Daniel actually finds her in the woods and knocks her out. And uh, he and the dad bring her back and they tie her up to the pentagram table and they're ready to, to the dad's ready to fucking dagger her. And then they all start throwing up blood. Uh, because Daniel poisoned them, not enough to kill them, yeah. which is a little bit of like a plot contrivance, but it's, or maybe he just didn't want to kill his family. I think that's probably That's understandable. It. But he poisoned them enough to disrupt the ceremony and then unties her and gets away. But the, the, Daniel is shot and killed by his own wife, Charity, in like the ultimate expression of her willing to do anything to not go back to where she was before. She kills her husband, Daniel, mm-hmm. who is probably the most sympathetic character besides Grace. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, just doing that, like poisoning people. And that's why he says, I knew someone had to burn it down eventually. I didn't expect it to be me. Yeah. And then who, uh, does, does Grace kill Charity right there? Um, I can't, I can't remember. There's a lot going on near the end of this. Uh, oh, she pistol whips her. She at least knocks her yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but then, the the mom Becky corners Grace and she get, they get into a fight and 
Grace fucking gets the upper hand and grabs that fucking LaBelle puzzle box and beats the mom's Man. face in. Just And they don't shy away. Like, it, it happens off, but then they show the result. Yeah. And it is... Head Yeah, trauma. it is Andy McDowell's skull cr- crushed yeah. and caved it's in. It's nasty. And then... Alex, Alex walks in. in, and this is after fi- seeing his brother Daniel dead. They're, they have a scene where Daniel dies, like in his arms, mm-hmm. and like they were definitely the closest. Mm-hmm. So his brother's dead, and then he walks in, and he sees that Grace has killed his mother. Clearly, yeah. And I'm, I think it's ambiguous as to whether or not he thinks Grace killed Daniel. I thought so too. I yeah. thought it was ambiguous. I because thought- if she did, then obviously he's gonna have a problem with that. He liked Daniel, right? But even if not, she did just kill his mom and just like brutal. brutally kill his <laughs> yeah. mom. And he begins to come to the realization. He's like, you're not going to want to be with me after yeah, this. This is what I, oh, okay. This is like what I wanted to get yeah. to is it's not even you killed my mom. No. It's not even you maybe killed my brother. It's, I just realized we're not going to be together after this. There's no way you're going to stay with me after this. And your life isn't the priority to me you being with me is so if you're not gonna be with me i'm gonna kill you yep yeah because otherwise what did i invest all you know why did i why did i expend all of this emotional energy i'm just gonna kill you because it angers me so much that you won't be with me after all of this because he doesn't think she's a person (laughs) i guess (laughs) and i think that that was such like that I thought was such a creepy good character choice for him to have that be his turning point yeah where he you're snaps, not going to be you're with not me after this be with you? me after this and that was the whole point that was why I was keeping you alive to be with me right. not for you not to keep you alive because I could let you leave now I could help you maybe escape somehow I'm you know and my me and my whole family will die but someone's got to do it we got to maybe we've got to <laughs> break the cycle but no Yep. And that's when he tries to kill her. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, he, like, he chokes her out, I think. Yeah. And then uh, she's back on a table. It's like a makeshift ceremony now. So she's not tied down. Yeah. The family Again, members are just holding tradition. her down. We just got to get this done. <laughs> just got to fucking get it done. The sun's about to come up. Yeah. And uh, he goes to stab her, and she, like, uh, digs her nail. It happens very fast, but I think she, like, digs her nails in and then moves so that the, the stab goes into her shoulder, and then she gets off the table and, and brandishes it. And uh, this is when she looks like a cornered animal. She's yes. holding this knife and her hair's all matted it's and great. she's like grunting at them. And, and <laughs> she's run out the clock. The sun is up and they open the blinds and everyone like shrieks away from it. And then nothing happens. It's so funny. It's so My funny favorite is the over the top reaction from Fitch. She's like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> and I think he's might be the first one to be like, so what's bullshit. Yeah. So oh, it's all bullshit. But then they're like, Oh, but she, this is still a legal problem. So I guess we have to kill her anyway. This is what I thought the ending of the movie was going to be. Yeah. I had kind of guessed that maybe none of it was real. Mm -hmm. And this is all them realizing, oh, fuck, it's not real. We still have to kill her because this is just a mess we're not going to be able to clean up. And then you said maybe her at that point being able to kill them off one by one. Yes. I think that's what a lot of people were expecting were the family members getting killed off one by one, which does not happen. Most of them, if not uh, like Daniel's dead, I can't remember if Charity is dead or not. No, I think Charity is alive at this point. I think she is in the room. So Daniel's the only one who died. 
besides the help yeah. who was killed off one by one. I think Stevens died in that car crash after she kicked him when he was listening to his fucking classical music. Yeah. Oh yeah, Beethoven's ninth it's, all it's over this movie. It's interesting that throughout the movie, I think maybe it's on purpose that all of the family is left for this ending and it's all of the help that gets killed at their expense yes and they don't they they just write it off they oh, dump like, their bodies oh, no. unceremoniously they put down the, the chute pit you yeah know, it's the, the most they get is oh she was my favorite right but she was my favorite of the fucking help yeah of these people that <laughs> yeah, funny joke us. though repeat is does the help count like, yeah can we just use the help can we just sacrifice no and he's like no no they're not people what are you yeah. talking about exactly and even there is a line uh where i can't remember i think it's the dad who says it to grace you were just another sacrifice like how, wh- how why do you think you can stop us you're not a person right you were just another sacrifice yeah the family's people no one else's people yeah and so you know sun's up things appear to be okay but aunt helena's like i don't care if it's too late i'm gonna kill her anyway and she waves she brings up her axe and then she fucking explodes explodes it's awesome she just, <laughs> she just fucking, fucking explodes. explodes dude and then they all one, one by, by one, one explode those little kids explode dude they do it off screen because emily and her little yeah, kids begin to run out the room and then three explosions happen but those fucking kids explode yeah <laughs> yeah even though the, the younger one he didn't look into any of it. Georgie was fucking pumped. The little the little one was like, looked yeah, sad. Fair. But he was probably akin to Alex. Yeah. You know, in that. It's not, I mean, that's 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 kind of what we learn in this movie, right? Is, okay, we it sucks in the moment. That kid is not <laughs> complicit, but what are the odds that he grows up and is a moral person that will do something to stop this? Chelsea would kill baby Hitler. I would kill baby Hitler. <laughs> Thank you. Um, versus he's going to grow up to be someone like Alex who is just mm. going to continue the cycle. Yeah. But they blow up. Finch blows up. Uh, dad blows up. Alex is the last one. Cause yeah. And he's like, Oh baby, I'm sorry. Oh, like, joy. We can, we can uh, look, I'm fine. We can get out of here. And she takes off her ring and she's like, I want a divorce. And he blows up. I think up. she throws it at him. And as soon as it hits him, it just, yeah, he blows up. It's, it's very good. Fucking great. Oh, and the, that's, a fucking song is playing while it's happening because like yeah, it just starts playing LaBelle on its own. has a, a sense of humor yeah and so labelle he has a chair uh that's right they they all they're always talking about this chair that it's labelle's chair they and said I guess that alex, alex saw him once, once when he was five and so she looks at this chair fuck i love this this is such a funny touch they, he, she looks at the chair and for a moment the splittest of moments there's this dude who looks like a an extra from what we do in the shadows yes <laughs> who's sitting there and just kind of nods at he her just gives her a nod and then she's just like fuck she goes up oh, fuck <laughs> i love the little like courtesy nod god the labelle nod is I love so LaBelle. funny i love everything about him yeah so i guess is labelle satan or a demon or He's yeah because they're satan. like hell they're satan. satan they're yeah. saying hell satan it's probably satan the uh, devil goes by many names <laughs> Yeah, uh, there a fire got started, so the thing's burning down, and she's just sitting on the stoop, smoking a cigarette when the rescue teams show up, and mm-hmm. looking she- like a Avril Lavigne music video, <laughs> just like this little vignette. She's got her her dresses now. That might be dating you. I think this might look more like a Taylor Swift video nowadays, right? Taylor, I don't. 
no, see, that's I think is dating you because that, that'd be like older Taylor Swift. I feel like what Did with like the a... ripped up wedding dress and Converse on. Yeah, that's like nineteen year old Taylor Swift. I feel like where what's the one where she's like yeah in a in a big house and she's like hitting the the uh, car. Which, oh, uh, that's um. They're gonna go down in space. Yeah, blank yeah, that space. One. That's not that. No, old. it's not that old. That's not country Taylor Swift. No, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, yeah. And, and maybe uh, some symbolism that is on the nose, but I like it. The wedding dress is now basically black. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's gross. It is. It doesn't even look like it could have been a white dress at any point. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Roll credits. Uh, applause. Yeah. Applause for it's that, man. Like, is it a... Well, I was going to say, is it a particularly deep movie? I was going to say no, but like, I think Kinda. it is. Yeah. I it think has it, more to say than most. Yeah. I think movies. on its surface, it's very simple, but I think the writing is so clever that we're actually getting a lot of class commentary and, and social commentary than maybe you realize at first. And that's, I really appreciate it. I think that's really neat. I don't know if I have any complaints about it. I don't My either. chief complaint is the trailer giving away so much yeah. and so many funny lines. I, I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. I, I, I genuinely can't yeah think of any big complaints I have with it. Yeah. Great. It's just movie, a well man. it's just a solid, fun that's a, that's the important thing is it's fun. Yeah. It's just a fun movie. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think I was ever bored. It's you know it's it's speedy, it's zippy, it's mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like it was filmed almost a full year ago. That's October right. 2018. I mean, yeah, that's post. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please go see it. <laughs> go see it. Go see a movie that's not a franchise. Yeah, that'd be. And then they'll end up turning this into a franchise. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> if everyone goes to see it, that's what we do now. Yeah, but uh, I I'm glad we got to talk about it. I feel like I got to learn a lot during this discussion and we came across some pretty fun, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that, those are my favorite kinds of movies when you can talk about stuff and just kind of talk stuff out, you know, you talk aloud and discover things as you're talking about. Yeah. It. And it's, I always worry that these kinds of reviews where we haven't had much time to digest or there's not much existing material about the movie that yeah. I worry our conversations are a little jumbled because I'm working out my own theories and, and thoughts and readings. But And they can be if the movie is shallow and there's not much to say about it. But with this, where it's so thematically rich, uh, or, yeah. I, think it, I think this one ended up okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to be any of the characters. I want to be... Um, you want to be Charity, right? I do. Charity is kind of like a dream role in a movie, I feel like. I don't know who I would play uh, between like Daniel and Alex, who I'm assuming are my choices here. Although, you know, give me a few years. I bet I could the, the dad. The dad. <laughs> the dad would be a very fun role. Yeah. I mean, so is Aunt just Helene. Getting flustered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, just, yeah, Charity's just like so unapologetically mean yeah, you and is be. wearing a beautiful gown. That's yeah, you make the character charity. I want to play at everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, do you know for sure what's next week or no? No, because okay. I have so many ideas yeah, right now. Yeah, I feel like I'm you're kind of I'm working on like three episodes at once. Um, I think maybe I'm binging a little bit because now I have the time to do so. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be a surprise. Cool. Uh, until then, you can follow Deadmeat on social media at Deadmeat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck C R E B E C C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DeadmeatStore.com. Yeah, check that shit out. Uh, email deadbeatpod at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions or what have you. Mm-hmm. 
But until next week, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast.